church, what we're going to do is we're going to change it up a little bit this morning. We're just going to kind of stay in an atmosphere of worship and prayer this morning. Um, you know, sometimes I think um, that the church at large is guilty of sometimes just pretending that everything's okay when it's not. <laughs> um, sometimes we all can be guilty as believers and uh, we, can, we can come into a space like this on a Sunday morning and sometimes we, we wear a little nicer clothes than we normally will or if we're really cool, we actually dress down to come in church because that's actually a statement, right? It's actually a statement, like $500 pair of holy jeans. Um, none of us have ever done that, but sometimes we're guilty of um, putting a smile on and... Um, not acknowledging the elephant in the room. And if the room is the world, and the elephant is all this stuff that's happening in the world from illness, COVID, mental illness from COVID, um, to the atrocities and horrific things happening in Afghanistan and other places around the world that we just don't talk about all the time. Because if we're honest, it's, it's difficult. And it's hard. And so, um, in case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of people in our valley that are, are sick right now. There's a lot of people. Many of us know people in our church that um, are currently struggling with COVID. They're at home. Pastor Sam is at home with COVID. Um, so he's trying to kick it. I saw him yesterday, and uh, he's doing much better, but still not quite 100%. And so you get another dose of me this week. Many people in our church struggling. Um, Jim Ward, uh, many of you have been around a long time, know Jim Ward. Jim Ward is in the hospital in the ICU with COVID. He's doing a lot better. He's responding to treatment and medication. Thank God. I know many of you have been praying that have known. Um, Bob and Nancy, I know you're watching online this morning. Uh, we're praying with you as well at home. And I know many of you have people in your lives, friends, family, people extended that are struggling. Um, sometimes I think we can be guilty of, in the church, acting like everything's okay when it's not, and maybe we've been guilty of downplaying COVID, downplaying a virus that is really affecting people's lives, not just physically with illness, but mentally, with mandates, with shutdowns, economically, We've not really fully seen the, the devastation and the impact that it's going to have on so many, and many of us in this room. And so as a church leadership, you guys, we don't want to downplay anything. We don't want to downplay the suffering that many of you are going through. We don't want to downplay the illness that many in our church have experienced. Some of you may have noticed a few months back in the month of May, I wasn't here for like three weeks. So I went through it too. And many of us have been affected. None of us have been unaffected by the events of the last year and a half. And so we haven't talked a whole lot about it from the platform because, you know, we say all the time here at Crossroads Church that um, everything we say and do here is all about Jesus. And then we point to the Bible and we go, well, the, the Bible is a story about Jesus. And so as a church, we want to focus on him. And so that's true. That is true. And we will never, 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 never 
renegotiate that into the culture of our church. We will always be all about Jesus. And when we read his scriptures, we see the person of Jesus. And if as a church we truly believe that the answer to all of the world's problems is Jesus, then we will never stop looking into the person of Jesus. And that's what we're going to do this morning. But we are going to do something a little bit different. We are going to take time to pray. We're going to take time to pray for our pastor. We're going to take time to pray for Jim Ward and Bob and Nancy, and just to name a few in our church, in our valley and community that are, are sick. Because Jesus prayed for the sick. Jesus prayed for the sick. His word, as we abide in his word, we must pray for the sick. We can't just act like everything's okay when we know it's not. Jesus prayed for the sick. We're going to take time to pray for those who are struggling with big decisions in their lives. Can we be honest? There's a lot of people skeptical about a lot of things. We don't know who to listen to. and We don't know who to trust. And if you could read between the lines just a little bit for me, this church, you know what I'm talking about. There's many people that are frightened, not from COVID, but from a vaccine or from a medical treatment, intubation if I get sick. There's a lot of questions stirring in the atmosphere, and I think we just need to pray to settle our hearts. Because, you know, prayer, prayer isn't so much about us getting the outcome we desire. We submit our requests to God because we're asked to by the scriptures in a way we're mandated to. In other words, we have a choice to submit our requests to God. But prayer isn't so much about us getting the desired outcome that we want. It's about bringing our lives into agreement with what the Holy Spirit is doing. We pray in the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, the only name that can save the only name that can heal, the only one worthy, the only one holy. We pray in his name because with his name, along with his name, comes the will of his Father, the will of God. So when we pray, we pray not for the desired outcome of our hearts, of our minds, of our desire, but we pray in the will of God. And what do we know about the will of God? Well, we know that we can have confidence that his will is good. His will is for us. Look what this says in the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. The apostle John, many, many years later in his life, much older, and he's been pastoring a church for many years now, and there's some, there's some things, there's some ideologies floating around in the church and the world in their time. I know everybody's just on the same page with, with everything that's happening today. <laughs> there's no differing opinions, but there were here. And so John addresses them, and he says, I write all these things. He writes this, this sermon, this letter to his church. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything in accordance to his will, can you say will? Anything in accordance to his will, anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. He hears us. 
according to his will, he hears us, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. His will. Confidence in his will. Do you want to know what the will of the Father is and was and will always be? To send his son to the cross. You want to talk about the sovereign will of a father, of a God Almighty, a creator, a God with us in the flesh, Emmanuel, the will of God is to take our place, to heal us from the inside out, to set us free. Like we talked about last week, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, free from the grip of sin on our lives. And yet we are left, although in confidence, that when we pray in the will of the Father, in the will of God, we ask for his will to be done, just like Jesus did. Thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even in the confidence that we know that he hears us and that if we ask in his will and his name, he will do his will on our behalf. We can still look around us and see the devastation and see the chaos. We can still see the atrocities. We can see the sickness. We can see the heaviness over our valley. We can sense it. It's tangible. And so we must acknowledge that we are confident in God's will, but what do we do? What do we do with this heaviness? I love this passage in Romans 8 because at times what we tend to do is we we pray, we, we let out a sentence or two because we really, in our own finite minds and understanding, we just don't know where to begin. You ever been there? Can somebody say amen? That's me this morning. Sometimes guys like me and Pastor Sam, we always have a microphone in our face and we kind of have to have a lot of words to fill up time. And so yesterday as I was going like, okay, God, like what? What do, you, what, do you, what do you want us to say? I know that you want us to pray, but what do you want us to say? What, where do you, I know we're going to look at your scriptures because that's how we see you and know you. So what do you want me to say? And you know, even guys like me and Pastor Sam, we struggle with the words. I know that's hard to imagine because we talk all the time. We kind of do it for a living. But sometimes it's hard to know what to say and what to pray and to have the right words to encourage people. Romans 8 says this. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to a church in Rome that had been through a lot. And there was this like racial division in the church. You've never heard of anything like that, have you? It's this racial division in the church between the Jews that were that are believing Jews, and they had been at one point uh, the Roman emperor had kicked them all out of the city. And so the church that was combined, this Jewish-Roman church, continued on as mostly just Roman people. And then when the Jews were allowed to come back into the city, they showed up back at church, and a lot of things were different. 
the church wasn't so Jewish anymore. And so Paul's addressing these issues. And this is what he says in Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. It's like we should know. We should know what to pray. We should have the words. If we abide in his word, like it's all about Jesus. We do this Bible thing every single week. Many of us have been doing this for decades of our lives. Some of us are new. But it's almost like we should know what to pray. We ought to know what to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to pray, you can have confidence that there is God's Spirit interceding for you, for us, on our behalf, in accordance to His will, not ours. If, you, if you've watched the news at all lately, there's a lot of people questioning a lot of things. There's a lot of people, many of you in this room are watching online or will be attending later on in our services that we know you may not have a job come September 30th. You might not have a job because your place of employment is asking you to do something that you just don't feel comfortable doing. Can we just say that that's wrong? For what it is that that's wrong. But you have a choice to make. And many of you are praying. Many have reached out to our church, to our pastors. And you're holding on. And you're wondering what to do. And we we. As a pastor, we, we sit with you, we drink coffee with you, we pray with you, and just hope and believe in our Lord Jesus that the, he would have just the right answer for your situation. Because it's always different. Every place of employment's different. And the stress and anxiety and the heaviness that you walk through every single day because of the unknown, we see you. We know you. Can I be honest? I, I lead worship up here every single week. And so I get to journey with you, all, all of you, each and every single one of you that are here at Call Crosswood Church Home. I see your hands. I see your tears. I see you pouring your heart out in worship, believing and trusting in Jesus, along with a group, a community of faith-believing people, that Jesus and his grace is enough. I see the pain. Pastor Sam and I and Pastor Tyler, we journey with you all. We see the heaviness. And today we just want to acknowledge it. And even though we don't always know what to say, 
his spirit himself intercedes for us. He prays for us. He prays that our lives would move into alignment and agreement with his will. What if his will is to journey well? What if his will is just to trust him? What if his will is to believe, to have confidence that he has it all in the palm of his hand? That's a hard thing to say, Pastor Joe. How do you, how do you say that to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan? who are being persecuted, who have quite honestly been delivered to the hands of their enemies. What do you say to them? We echo the words of Apostle Paul, who writes the book of Philippians from a prison cell in Rome, we believe. And he says to the church, believers, in Bilton, Lompoc, San Inez Valley, California, believers around the world, Afghanistan, Middle East, to all of us who call on the name of of the Lord Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So that's what we're going to do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, and look at this, and your minds in Christ Jesus. So much of the fear that we're walking through today is in our minds. The unknown. I can't wrap, God, I can't wrap my head around what's going to happen. I just don't know. I'm scared. It's fear. And if we're not careful, we allow ourselves sometimes to slip into this, this state of almost psychosis of being so gripped by fear that we make, we make poor decisions. We allow ourselves to medicate. We allow ourselves to take our eyes off of the journey and the race that God is calling all of us individually to run. How is it possible for Paul to write these words? Talk about a persecuted man. From a prison cell, almost stoned to death, shipwrecked, wanted, dead or alive, you name it. How is it possible for someone like Paul 
Not to mention the amazing transformation that took place in his life from Christian killer, Christian prisoner, Christian persecutor, to go from a terrorist to writing half the New Testament. How is it possible for a persecuted man to write these words? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Commands it. How? How? And to be able to rejoice must mean that there has to be joy somewhere. The psalmist writes, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Strength. How is it possible to write these words? How is it possible to live in Afghanistan and rejoice in the Lord always as a believer? How is it possible to not know if your job is going to be there for you in just a few weeks? How is it possible to rejoice in the Lord always with the unknown of illness? What if I get it? How do I rejoice? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's possible, church, because of the cross. If there was one moment where one man could have fallen and took himself out of harm's way to avoid the suffering of the cross, It was on that hill that day called Calvary where the Bible says the Son of Man was lifted up, arms open wide to take the place and pay the cost of sin of humanity. So that the joy of the Lord could truly be our strength. Because we are not limited to this time on earth. That's the lie. That this is all there is. And so you have to get every last moment, measure of joy or serenity, peace out of this life. And that's just a lie. As we abide today in God's word, in the confidence that he hears us, and if he hears us, we will have everything we ask for in accordance with his will. And the faith and the hope and the joy comes in knowing that he's bigger and smarter than you. Amen? He's bigger and smarter than me. He's bigger and more loving and more gracious and more merciful and more compassionate and more present than me or Pastor Sam or Pastor Tyler or some man in a White House or some state capitol building will ever be. And that's the good news. 
that we are not limited to this time and place and space. This is temporary, friends. And so the suffering that we experience in this life is temporary. It is painful. It is sorrowful. My mind and my heart this morning, church, can I just be honest? Can I? This morning, as one of your pastors, I love you, each and every one of you. I know that you love me. And my heart this morning, you know where my mind is? My 97-year-old grandmother passed yesterday. And you know what? She lived. She had a beginning date. She was born in 1922. Raised in the Great Depression, chili pepper fields of New Mexico, Albuquerque. When the war broke out, her sister, her younger sister, traveled to San Diego to work in an airplane parts factory to support the war. Her life was a hard life, and it hardened her heart. She was a hard, cold woman for many, many years. Because all she knew was work. All she knew was what she could earn in this life, her and my grandfather both. Yesterday, as I talked to my sister on the phone, she came across my grandfather's bronze star that he was awarded for his actions in World War II at Okinawa. They never talked about it. Because of the pain, the trauma, that bronze star meant nothing to my grandfather. And just a few short weeks ago, before she began to lose her faculties, something happened. heart of stone begin to break she told my sister and my brother she believed and her countenance changed do you know how long my father and my mother prayed for her soul My parents' 40-year marriage. My dad went to be with Jesus four years ago, three years ago now. And I know that right now she's in the presence of Jesus. Undeserving. Unmerited. Because if all there is is just your beginning date and your end date, she didn't do enough. All she did was store up treasures for herself. That's all she did. She lived a hard life. She worked hard. In a lot of ways, she's totally admirable. In a lot of ways, man, did she fall short. 
But there she is. Why? The joy of the Lord is her strength. The joy. She didn't have a lot of joy for 96 years, 97 years. She just didn't have a lot. But something changed and came into her life. The Holy Spirit interceded on her behalf to illuminate the glory. of who he is. And that changed everything for her. So if I'm honest, that's where my mind is right now. I'm celebrating because I know where she is. She's with my Jesus. And the question for us this morning, church, as we look to the world and the events of our day and the devastation, what do we see do we see the, the intercession of his spirit doing a work? Or is all we see is the bad? And if we're not careful, we allow our hearts to get cold and hard. Because that's just like what life will do to you if this is all there is. So would you stand with me this morning, church? We're going to take a moment. We're going to pray just for the new, next few minutes. So here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm just going to pray for all these things. And you don't have to be quiet during this moment. Uh, this can be a corporate prayer moment where you don't need to be led by me, a guy with a microphone on a stage. If there's someone you want to pray for, maybe you want to pray for yourself, and you've got some words, pray them. Pray them out loud and allow your life to come into agreement with the will of the Father. That's what prayer is. Pray, God, for this situation at work, God, for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan that are suffering and dying, Lord, help them, deliver them, deliver them from evil, deliver them from from their bodies. If your will is to take them home, Father, do a miracle in their life. Whatever it is, let that out of your mouth this morning. At the very least, when our words fall short and we run out of breath and we don't know what to say, allow the groanings of his spirit to intercede for us on our behalf. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. And we know that you're so, so good. We know that you're a good father. And we know that you see us and you hear us. You see every single need. You see every, every single family represented here today. You see every single person on this planet, every single detail of everything you created in this universe as we sang earlier this morning. And so, Father, we humbly submit our request to you. We lift up Pastor Sam right now in this moment. And we ask that you would touch his body. God, we know that you're already healing him. God, we know that you already have designed his body to fight a virus. We know that you're taking care of his family. You're providing his every single need to be well because his story is just being written by you. So, Father, we ask that you touch his body, make him well, make him strong so that he can get back to doing the job that you have set in place for him. We lift up Jim Ward to you this morning as he is still in ICU. 
Thank you, God, that he's in recovery, that he's uh, fighting back, and he's getting stronger every single minute of every single day, that his oxygen levels are coming back to normal. We thank you, Jesus. God, we pray that as he fights infection in his lungs, that the medication and the doctors and the nurses would care for him and begin to work and get him back to full speed. Bob and Nancy felt Keller as they're tested positive this week and they're staying home to, to get well. Father, we pray that you would continue to do the work in their lives and in their bodies to, com- to bring complete healing. And for many of those in our valley who are struggling and are fearful and ill or fighting something off and worried and stressed because every little sniffle or allergies we get, we start to freak out sometimes. Father, we just bring peace and healing over this whole valley. Because, God, we know that you're big enough to do that. And we trust you. And even in our suffering, you help us to suffer well for your glory and the good of everyone around us. We pray for every single individual and family that is unknown or doubtful about their job in just a few short weeks. Father, we pray for strength, for wisdom, for what to do. For what to do. Every situation's different. God, we just ask for your favor and your grace in every single member of Crossroads Church's workplace, that, you, that we could be free to be who we are and to have the freedom to make those decisions for ourselves and not allow anyone to invade on us. Father, we just lift up every single family to you as dealing with mental illness. Father, we've heard so many reports from people in our church, from their teenagers, the young, young adults in their homes and children struggling with depression, and mental illness. Father, would you bring correction to their minds and to their hearts that there is a God who poured himself out on a cross for them so that they could have every single opportunity to know him, to be loved by God. And Father, we just lift them up to you. And lastly, Jesus, we... We struggle with the words to describe what's happening in Afghanistan right now. So we just ask, we just ask, we submit our request to you that you would do something in the hearts of those who know you and follow you in Afghanistan. Would you be so present in their time of help and need? Would you cause the cosmos to shift on their behalf to deliver them from evil, from death, from murder, and the horrible things that happen in war? Father, we lift them up to you. And we know that right now your spirit is interceding on their behalf in accordance with your will. And even when we don't know what to say, We have confidence in you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we have confidence in you. We ask all these things. And we commit to pray endlessly for your will to be done. And when our minds and our hearts are overwhelmed, are overwhelmed with the stress and trauma of everything that's happened in the last year and a half. 
May we continue to constantly pray. Never-ending prayers and thoughts and mindfulness of your will and that your spirit goes beyond everything we could possibly say or think or dream of. So, Father, settle our hearts. And if we're suffering, Spirit, help us to suffer well for your glory and the good of everyone around us. And if we're whole, if we're well, help us to be a support and blessing and help to come alongside those around us so that the world would see you in us and through us. Because Jesus, if you are the answer that the world so desperately needs, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to live lives led by your spirit, the spirit of truth, your spirit, Jesus, that offers love and grace and mercy and compassion to everyone around us. God, we submit these things to you because we know you're faithful and you're the one who's worthy of praise and of worship. So we trust you. And it's by faith that we ask these things. And we believe that you're a good father who sees us, who knows us, and you're right here with us. May your joy permeate our lives in such a way. May your joy permeate in our lives, in us and through us in such a way that the world could not help but run into you. Everyone around us, in your holy name we pray. Amen, church. Amen. Amen.